without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dave Landry. Thank you. Eddie stole my uh, having let him warm me up joke, so I guess I'll skip that. Um, I spent a lot of time putting together a presentation on how to swing trade. And then I kind of got, I got to thinking, you know, first question should be, why swing trade? And for me, my answer would be that the majority of a market's moves happen in a minority of the time. So most of the time, while you're sitting around waiting for a large move, you're probably a lot better off being out of the market. And if you could pick your spots carefully, you could still capture the crux of that move. I um, called Boucher a couple days ago, Mark Boucher, because he's quantified a lot of these things. And I asked him, uh, what percentages of the moves, when a market makes a move, what percentage does a majority move happen in? And 70% of the moves happen in 30% of the time. So if you think about that, if you could position yourself and try to be there for that 30%, you're going to capture the majority of that move. So that's the why. Okay, um, go back one. Okay, swing trading is basically short-term trading. You're to stay in a position from one to seven days, probably somewhere an average of three days. Try to capture a three-day thrust. Uh, the way that I trade, I don't try to capture uh, every little zigzag. I don't try to fade the markets. I don't go against the trend. I put the trend behind me. As uh, Jeff Cooper says, surprises normally happen in the direction of the trend. Well, I'll take that one step further, and it normally happens over several days. So the exact reason day traders don't hold positions overnight is why I actually swing trade, because I want to be in there capture the majority of that move. First thing I do is I put the trend behind me, which is very important. Okay. So I'm going to talk about momentum and trends. It's the same thing, whatever you want to call it. We're going to look at some ways to quantify a trend. And then I want to get into some setups. I'm going to start with some basic setups, um, classical GAN, uh, Jeff Cooper's works, that type of stuff. And then I want to get into some of my more advanced setups. Finally, you can have the best setups in the world, and without proper money management, it's, they're no good. Okay? That's the most important thing. And, you know, I've been getting a few questions the last couple of days, and those people that come up to me and ask me money management questions, they're there. I mean, they're this close. if they're not successful, they're this far away from being successful traders. Next. Okay, let's talk about trends. Trends often last much longer and go much further than most are willing to believe. Often stocks will thrust, pull back, thrust, over and over again. Now, this, isn't, this is not to say that trends last forever. Eventually, all good things must come to an end. And you will be wrong when the trend ends. However, there are often many opportunities along the way. Okay. Here we have a chart of InfoSpace. I'm going to probably butcher the names of these stocks because I only know symbols. If you guys are technicians, I should... I mean, I'm always like, uh, Greenspan, Globespan. But anyways, this is InfoSpace. And, you know, you know, from left to right, it's in an uptrend. Rallies, pulls back, rallies, pulls back, rallies, pulls back. You know, these thrusts, pull back, thrust, pull back, thrust, pull back, thrust, pull back. You know, and I'm always asked, well, how do you know the last thrust is not, the last pullback is not going to be the last one? Well, you don't. Hopefully, you won't get an entry or you could stop that at a small loss. Okay, dude. Okay, how do you measure trend? Uh, there's computerized methods. There's ADX, which is uh, basically a measurement of range over time. Um, there's relative strength. 
which is like grading on a curve, basically. You take a whole class from a people, the top 10% are going to get a certain ranking, the next percentage are going to get a certain ranking, and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not crazy about RS because it's a measure of strength and not weakness, and I like to play both sides in the market, but it does have its use. And on the site, we have a three-month RS. That's something that I recommend that we put on the site, and uh, I find it useful for finding stocks and trends. But the most useful thing that I find, well, first, I'll use these computerized methods if I want to scan 5,000 stocks or whatever, you know, five, 6,000 stocks to whittle down a list of potential stocks to trade. But in general, I like to see what I call trend qualifiers. Uh, Mark Boucher has done a lot of work here. It's TBBLG or something, breakaway thrust, breakaway gaps. He's actually quantified a lot of this stuff. So I just listed, listed some of those things that he's quantified and added a few of my own. Uh, one thing he looks for is gaps and laps in the direction of the trend. Everybody know what a lap is? Okay, good. Uh, new highs, higher highs, higher lows. Well, higher highs and higher lows, that's an uptrend, okay? In and of itself. That's all an uptrend is. Expansion of range, or you want to call it thrust in the direction of the trend. Slope of moving averages, moving average daylight. I'm going to get into that in a little while. Eyeballing. And this is my favorite method. Ask a six-year-old kid. You know? This is an uptrend. This is a downtrend. You're going to be tested later, so remember that. Seriously, it, you know... <laughs> Uh, anyways, next, next chart. Okay, here we have Alexon Pharmaceuticals. Again, I'm probably butchering the name, ALXN. And this was, this was one of my favorite stocks a while back. It's kind of thin, but it tends to do that thrust, pause, thrust, pause, thrust, pause pattern throughout. So let's just look at the trend here. Forget about the setups for a minute. Uh, point A, you had wide range bars on new highs. Point B, more new highs, wide range bars. Point C, it gaps higher. It comes back in a little bit, but it's still a gap in the direction of the trend, so it's still a positive thing. C, you have D. You have these thrusts going higher. Point E, new highs again. Point F, nice big thrust higher. Point G, look at this, big gap open. Point H, new highs in a wide range. Point I, okay, now look at that. That's a huge range bar up. I'm going to get into this under money management later on, but on, on a day like that, you probably have to ask yourself, is the trend really over, and how long do I really want to hang out? Because at this point, the whole world knows all about this stock. Now, I'd rather be back in here in these little pullbacks along the way. There's a little micro pattern setting up, some really good fun stuff. We can go through this later if you want. But at point J, you have a wide range bar down, which is a trend qualifier in the opposite direction. So at this point, you have to wonder whether or not the trend is over. And then K, you have another confirmation down, and so on and so forth. So you can see there's plenty of opportunities along the way if you pick your setups. Okay, Duke? Okay, uh, well, next one. Okay, here we have just some moving averages plotted. And uh, I don't do anything that's rocket science with moving averages either. The people who read me probably know that everything I do is very simple and straightforward. And that's what I really do. Um, I have a 10-period moving average here, a 10-period simple, a 20-period exponential, and a 30-period exponential. I'm going to talk about these moving averages a little bit more when we get into uh, setups. But if you notice, you have this positive slope going on during the whole uptrend. Now, of course, they eventually roll over when the uptrend ends. But if you could just look at this chart, eyeball it, left to right, that's an uptrend. You got positive slope. The other thing I actually look at sometimes is what I call daylight. I did an article in 1996 in Stocks and Commodities, and I just kind of wanted to prove that a simple system could actually work. And I, I found a little system that works in uh, some commodities, those that trend better than others. 
And all I was looking for was two lows greater than the moving average. And uh, one guy read it and he emailed me and we became friendly. And he developed like a little OEX system based on it. And what he does is he just calls it daylight. So if you put a flashlight behind the chart or held it up to the sunlight, you'd see daylight in between the moving average in the actual, from here to here, it's like, he calls that daylight. So it's just a catchy little way of saying the lows are greater than the moving average. Okay. Let's get into status. Let me grab this water. Okay, next slide. Okay, I'm going to get into setups now. Um, it's kind of funny. Somebody recently approached me and said, says, oh, Dave, that pullback thing you invented, that's the greatest thing ever. And I'm thinking, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I didn't admit the pullback. This guy thought it was God. I'm going, thank you, you know, but the truth is, I didn't invent the pullback. Pullback's been around 100 years. Uh, Gann did work on it 50 years ago. There's some, um, his works, you know, 50 years ago, talk about some of these things and all. So basically, let's just talk about a pullback for a second. This is the majority of what I do. It's not that difficult. So basically, you know, it doesn't have to be some complex formula or anything. I'm just looking for a thrust, pullback thrust, in trading direction with the trend, okay? Trading with the trend does not mean blindly buying a stock simply because it's in a strong uptrend. Strongly trending markets are prone to correct, and you never know what appears to be a corrective correction may in fact be the end of the trend and the beginning of a major reversal. Therefore, it's much wiser to wait for the correction to occur and look to enter if and only if the original trend begins to reassert itself. This is a theory and essence of pullback. Next slide. Okay. Here we have an example, a hypothetical example. You get a strong uptrend here, okay? Begins to correct, okay? Starts making lower highs, starts coming down. Well, you'd look to get long when the trend begins to reassert itself. Here's your entry. Your protective stop goes below the low of the setup. Trend resumes. Nothing complex here. This is just a pullback. Next slide. Okay. As I said, entering if and only if the trend resumes helps you avoid markets that have topped. Now, I wish this was always the case when you get a pullback and you don't get an entry that, you know, if just you don't get an entry, you don't lose any money, you move on to the next trade. But a lot of cases this doesn't happen. But if you just wait for the trend to reassert itself, you will avoid some bad trades. Next slide. Okay. Now I'm going to talk, to talk about three to seven bar pullbacks. Again, I didn't invent the pullback. I wish I did. Uh, next one. Okay. Here you have Agile Software, AGIL, strong uptrend. Okay. Pulls back one, two, three bars. Trend resumes here. You go long, put in a stop there, and continues on. Now I'm going to show you a simple way to recognize pullbacks. I just want to kind of build the case on pullbacks first before we go into simple methods. Next one. Okay, here you have back-to-back -back examples. Uh, those of you familiar with Cooper, you'll probably see some Cooper Connors, one, two, threes, and things like that in here. But you have thrust, pullback, thrust, pullback, thrust. Okay? Duke? And then you have a six-bar pullback. Now, normally I'll allow, after about six bars, six or seven bars, you have to start to question whether or not you're building a new base or something else might be going on. So. My favorite pullbacks to trade are three bars to seven bars. Again, after that, you just have to, you know, you have to wonder whether your original momentum is beginning to wane after that. Okay? 
Okay, now, this is just a simple way of describing pullbacks. I call it simple pullback method. You can call it whatever you want. Um, again, in trading doesn't have to be rocket science to, to be effective. Many, while searching for the holy grail, forget or worse, refuse to believe that simple methods can actually work. Um, we're going to look at a simple way, but it, um, you'd be very surprised when you go home and start looking at these, start scanning for these and looking at these, you'd be, you're going to be very surprised how many setups you're going to find with this simple little method. Okay, here are my rules. The first rule on, on just about every pattern here, except when we get into like bow ties, is that the market needs to be in a strong uptrend. So look back at the trend qualifiers, the slope of the moving averages, and my favorite, ask a six-year-old kid if it's in an uptrend or a downtrend. That's the first thing you want to do. Next slide. Okay, let's make a new two-month high. Um, September, October, two months. It's about 40 trading days, 40, 45. Bargain should make a minimum of, this should be three right here. I've been trying to get the slide changed for a week, but I don't have enough pull. Minimum, it comes, it comes back. <laughs> it's back. Uh, it makes minimum of three and no more than seven consecutive lower highs. Okay, once the qualifications for two have been met, place a buy order a stint above the high good for the next day. Continue to work the order above the prior day's high until filled or eight days have passed since the last rule. As I said earlier, after about seven or eight days, you have to kind of look at it. Has the trend ended? Is it a new downtrend? You know, should I be going long here? If filled, place a protective stop below the lowest bar in the setup. Now, once we start looking at an actual setup, sometimes this may be too far. When we get into money management, we'll talk about where you should put the stop. There's no one right answer, but I can give you a lot of good ideas, and I tell you some of the things that I do. Next slide. Okay, and here's the, here's the actual setup. Strong trend, okay, lower high, that's gonna be one, lower high, two, lower high, three, and I have it labeled here, three. Okay, you look to enter a stint above that, okay? So say that day you don't get an entry, drops another day, you don't get an entry, drops another day, you, don't get, you just keep following it all the way down. And all I'm saying is strong trend, lower highs. You can, make a, you can do a computer scan with this, ADX greater than 30, plus DMI, greater than minus DMI, or use an RS scan or something like that. Uh, see me afterwards, I can, I can help you with that if you want. And then just look for lower highs, consecutive lower highs. Okay, next slide. Now, here's trans, TXCC, TransWitch. We have a, a nickname for that stock, but I, I'm not, Duke said I can't say it. Uh, strong uptrend, one lower high, two lower high, three lower highs, okay? Next day, you don't get a fill, but it makes another lower high. You keep ratcheting down your, in, your entry until you actually uh, get a fill, okay? And the market takes off and thrust out of there. Okay, next slide. Okay, here we have uh, VRTA, Vrata. Uh, strong uptrend, one, two, three lower highs. This is like a Cooper's Connors, uh, one, two, three, or a GAN pullback, whatever you want to call it. I've just taken it one step further, and I'm just looking for lower highs and nothing else. One, two, three, four, five. Here's your fifth lower high. You would enter right above that high, with stint above, and go along here. Okay, you get a thrust out of here. You probably would be taking some profit somewhere in here because you have a wide range bar up. Um, when we get into money management, we're gonna cover that a little bit more. One, two, three lower highs, and then you have another thrust out. Now, I wish it always worked this good, but it doesn't, but it uh, worked as well. Um, next slide. We'll get into that in the money management. I'll show you something that didn't work out. Uh, Verisign, strong uptrend. One, two, three lower highs. Here's your entry. 
get a thrust out, one, two, three, four, five lower highs. You get an entry here and then a thrust out. Okay. Okay, and um, here we have an example on the short side, Motorola. Okay, strong downtrend here. One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five lower highs. You go short below the low there. You get your entry, and then the stock continues down. Okay. Okay, here we have this was um, this stock had a very low ADX reading. Again, I'll never trade a stock or say a stock's in a trend just because a computer uh, tells me it's in a trend. So I like to eyeball the chart. In this case, I think the ADX on this day was like uh, 17 or 20 or something, which actually suggests the stock's in a consolidation. But rea in reality, this stock was up around 150 or so, drops almost 100 points down to this level here. One, two, three lower highs. You get an entry here. This also forms an, an outside day down, which is another bearish sign, a continuation. Uh, if you notice here, you're moving averages. You had positive slope. They were all moving up. So that's an up, that, was, that suggests the stock was in an uptrend, rolled over, and now it's in a downtrend. This is actually another pattern we're going to cover in a little while that I call a bow tie. Next one. Okay, snapbacks. Again, I didn't invent the pullback. This is a deep, all this is is a very deep pullback. Uh, Jeff has done some work here. He calls it a V-thrust. This is kind of a V-thrust minus one because I noticed that a lot of the V-thrust would trigger and make a large move in the first, um, before it would actually uh, trigger. Sorry about that. So snapbacks are looking for deeper pullbacks. A shallow pullback tends to lead to a more orderly correction. If a stock's in an uptrend and begins to sell off a little bit, people might, uh, people might think, well, you know, maybe this uptrend is over, I'm going to get out. Somebody else may think, well, maybe this is a good time to get on. If the market just kind of gradually rolls over, it allows these players to jockey for position. So if you go back and look at your charts, and if you get like a simple, like a slow little shallow pullback rolling over, a lot of times these will lead to longer term continuation moves. If you're a little bit more of an intermediate trader, you might want to focus more on the, those type of setups. If you're more of a swing trader or even a day trader, you can look to focus more on a... Um, on like a snapback type of pullback. Uh, deeper pullbacks tend to lead to sharper, shorter term knee-jerk reactions. Well, let's think about what happens. Markets in a strong uptrend, all of a sudden has a hard down day. Well, all along start bailing out, everybody gets scared, the top tickets come running in, and it just starts dropping like a rock. And then all of a sudden, if it begins to bounce a little bit, the nervous shorts are gonna rush out and, and maybe some longs will come back in. And what I'm looking to do, a deep, this deep pullback, I'm looking to capitalize on this imbalance. And if you think about it, it's like a rubber band being stretched too far, it snaps back. So that's, that's just a catchy little way of saying a deep pullback. Okay? So let's look at the rules. Once again, we have a strong uptrend. That's an uptrend. Stock must make at least a two calendar month high, which is about 40 days. And then stock should have a sharp three to six day sell-off. Um, and you could, the, the way, you could define a sell-off as a lower highs, and if you want to quantify it, I, I just look at these, I eyeball it. If it drops, you know, you, obviously you know when a stock is dropping uh, sharply. Uh, today, buy a stint above yesterday's high. If filled, place a stop below the low of the pattern and look to tighten stops and take partial profits quickly. Um, in this pattern, you're going to get such a fast move and your risk is going to be a little bit more excessive, so you're going to have to put in a stop a little further away than you might be accustomed to. We'll cover that in money management. And as soon as you 
have some profits, you need to look to lock in half of it. Again, we'll cover that in money management, but it's money management is more important on these deeper pullbacks than, uh, than a shallow pullback. Okay, next one. Okay, here we have open TV, strong uptrend, makes a new high, strong uptrend, one, two, three, four, four days down. Three out of four were pretty hard down. This stock had dropped from way up here around 190 all the way down to 153, real sharp pullback, but it's still in a pretty strong uptrend. You don't know that this, this trend has ended just yet, but it's such a deep correction. You go long above the high, and then you get a continuation move out. You get a fast move. Now, you may look to take profit on its first big day out, you know, because it, it, this, is, this is the reason why um, I begin looking at these deeper pullbacks. Uh, Je uh, Jeff would take this as a V-thrust after you had this, this higher high in here, okay? Um, a lot of times at higher high, the market continues on, so I'm just kind of looking to get in um, ahead of those, those guys sometimes. <laughs> Next slide. Okay, here's Greenspan or Globespan. Strong uptrend. This stock corrects sharply. Now, this doesn't show up as well. Um, as $40, this was, a, this was like a, the stock split three for one, I think, uh, on the close of this day, which actually helped out. That's back when the split was exciting. But uh, you had a sharp sell-off, strong uptrend, sharp sell-off, and you would get in right above this high, and you actually got long on that. I, I remember this trade because I woke up very happy. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this was, uh, what was this, back in January, February? Who was it? Lauren or someone in here said, remember back in January you just woke up and just couldn't wait to turn on the screen see how much money you made? <laughs> All my examples ironically come from that period. So, uh. Next one. Okay, next one. Okay, here we have another, another example. And this is another low ADX example because this stock, it only drops in a few days. And the way ADX works, it takes a while to catch up. ADX is, is serial dependent. So it's got all these periods way back here it's still kept making calculations on. So from here to here, it's probably only got an ADX of like 20 or something or whatever's left over from that prior uptrend. But your moving averages all rolled over and you see the stock drops from you know, 140 all the way down to 50. So it's like a 100 point move in a few days. Uh, you have this snapback move up, short below the low, and then you have a continuation of the downtrend. Okay, next. Okay, go back. Okay. How many of you ever got stopped out of a trade? How many of you ever got stopped out of a trade and right after you got stopped out, the market kept going? Did it make you mad? It didn't make you mad? Oh, well, makes me mad. That's how I developed the trend knockout. When I get into money management, I'm gonna show you some trailing stop techniques, very simple. And a lot of times using these, I'd get knocked out. My problem was I was entering in the middle of the trend. This was mostly in commodities I was doing this. And I would get knocked out, and then the market would just resume its uptrend. Now you probably ask it, why not jump back in? Well, I didn't know that at the time. I was too busy being mad because I got knocked out of a trade. So this is how I developed what I call a trend knockout. And a trend knockout, it's a very simple pattern. It's a good idea to trade in direction of the trend. You're much better off waiting for the weak hands to be shaken out before attempting an entry. Weak hands are those uh, with not much staying power. Um, nervous type of traders. Essentially, a market's mission is to go where it wants to go with as few people on board as possible. Often, a strongly trended stock will have a quick knockout move before resuming their uptrend. 
Those knocked out must scramble to get back in when the trend resumes or be left behind. TKOs identify strong trends from which weak hands have been knocked out. Okay, really only two rules here. You know, you allow yourself a couple days to get filled. Very simple. Uptrend, stock must, make, must trade below at least the two prior lows. So you have a thrust, knockout move, and you look to get long above that knockout, okay? Today, place a buy order 1 16th above yesterday's high. Again, wait two days to get filled. Let's look at some examples. Okay. Here you have Gene Logic. Okay. Strong uptrend. It's got a very high ADX reading. I didn't show it, but I mean, obviously, it's gone from 24 to, you know, it's almost quadrupled in this time period. You have this knockout move where it takes out the two prior lows. You look to go long above that high. You didn't get a fill here in the first day. You got a fill here in the second day. Okay, let's look at the next one. Okay, here's another example. Here's Rada again. Strong uptrend. You had a knockout move here. Takes out the two prior lows. Nice kind of wide range bar down. You look to go long above that high. Putting your entry above that high, if this thing keeps going down, if that's the end of the trend, this knockout move takes out more and more people, then you don't, you don't get a fill. And you go long above that and then trend continues. Okay. Here's another example. This one really isn't a good example of a trend knockout, but it, it, it fits the rules uh, if you were trying to look at something mechanically. You have a strong uptrend, and then it takes out the two prior lows. I would really call this more like a simple pullback, a little one, two, three pullback, but it does fit the, uh, the pattern to the letter. So it takes out two prior lows, and the trend continues. Okay? All right. Um, all of my stuff really requires a strong uptrend, and the only problem with that is sometimes you have a lot of markets where you don't have a strong uptrend. So I needed something that I could use to um, find markets that are in the transition from uptrend to downtrend. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm not a good top picker or bottom picker. I know some people that are very good at putting their face in the fire and going against a trend, and it's just not for me. I would much rather wait for some sign of a rollover and some sign of a corrective move so that I know that the new downtrend has begun and have a correction. Nothing different than a pullback. Same theory here goes in this pattern. Um, as I said, picking tops and bottoms can be costly. Markets are prone to long-term continuation moves and false reversal. Next slide. Okay. For this, I'm going to use a 10-period simple moving average. And for shorter moving averages, I like to use a simple moving average because it gives me a true representation of price. Um, I know that this price, if I look at a 10-day simple moving average, it's just the last 10 closes divided by 10. I know that's the average price of the last two weeks. When I get a little further out, I prefer to use exponential moving averages. I like to use a 20-period exponential, which gives me about a month of trading. And I like to use a 30-period exponential which gives me about six weeks of trading. Um, exponential moving averages weight the current price higher than historical price action. Every charting package has them. I'm sure you, you, you know what that is. Anybody not know what an exponential moving average is? Now that I made you look like you should know. <laughs> okay, um, here, you, here you have a consolidation. Notice that the moving averages are in no particular order. They're just kind of bouncing around. And then notice you have an uptrend. Okay, this, this stock begins to take off. And, you know, some of the signs are pointing out daylight. 
right here, the lows are above the moving average. The moving averages are going up. It's a positive slope. And the moving averages are what I call proper order, okay? A fast moving average, which is a slower period, should track closest to price, okay? The next one out, having a little bit more lag, should be a little further out. And finally, your 30 period should be even further out. So you have these moving averages all running in what I call proper order. Now the moving averages all come together and they roll over and begin to go down. And notice that now you have your 10 period moving average is following closely close price on the downside, followed by the 20, followed by the 30. This is downtrend proper order. So proper order on the way up, proper order on the way down, consolidation where they're all just running together in no order. Okay? Okay, here's the rules. We know what moving averages we're using. Moving averages should converge and then spread out again. Ideally, this should transform from 10 less than 20 less than 30 to 10 greater than 20 greater than 30 in three to four days, giving the appearance of a bow tie. Okay, moving averages all come together, spread out. Looks like a bow tie. Um, here we go. Market must make a low less than the prior day's low. I'm looking for a knockout move here, some sort of rollover or, or correction move where I'm looking for a change in trend followed by a corrective move so I know that some players have been knocked out thinking that they made a mistake by playing that actual rollover. Uh, tomorrow, place a buy order, 116th or one tick for commodities above today's high. If not filled, continue to work an order above the prior day's high until filled or the market trades below the 20 EMA. We're going to get into this in a few slides but Basically, I needed a rule to tell me when I should no longer trade this setup. That doesn't mean that you might find some other setup, a simple pullback or a snapback or something you want to trade. I just wanted a rule for this to where this setup was no longer valid. If filled, place a protective stop below the low of two, below your knockout move here. Okay, let's look at some examples. Okay, here we have EMC. I think the name of the company is EMC. Uh, downtrend, proper order, moving averages. Here's your faster moving average. Here's your next moving average, and here's your slower, this is your 30 period here. They all come together and they form a little bow tie. Now, I don't know if you can see it very well in this chart, but if you actually put it up in a charting package, this all happened over three days here where they all converged. This is a, the middle of your bow tie. Imagine a little man, a little stick figure here, okay? They wouldn't, they wouldn't let me draw, they were afraid I'm gonna write something bad. Um, but makes a little bow tie, comes out, you have a little knockout move here, kind of like a trend knockout, but without, without the momentum. And then you look to go long above the high, and then trend continuation. Okay, next one. Okay, NPS Pharmaceuticals. This is a little bit longer term downtrend that I didn't show here because I just wanted to focus on the setup. But all the moving averages were in proper downtrend order, so this stock looks like it's just in a downtrend. And then it makes a rollover from downtrend to uptrend. Rule number two, you have your knockout move, takes out just one prior low, that's all I'm looking for. In this case, it's kind of nice because it takes out several lows. I go along here, and then you get a trend continuation on up. Next chart. Okay, here's an example in juice. On the downside, your moving averages all run together, converge at one point, spread out again. You have your knockout move, your one day, takes out the prior high in this case. You short it below the low, trend continuation. 
Next one. Okay, here we have an example of no fill, or you might not want to take the trade because you had the setup, you had the bow tie, everything came together at this fulcrum here, made the bow tie, market goes down, market makes, starts making higher highs, but it keeps trading up through the moving averages. So if I were using a computer to scan for a bow tie, I might want to just tell it to cancel that pattern if it goes all the way back up to the 20 and 30 moving average. This doesn't mean that you, you can't trade this because it's, you know, this is kind of like a snapback or a three bar pullback. It still, still may be a good trade, but it doesn't really fit the rule of a bow tie once it goes back above its uh, moving average. Okay, here we have another example. This is kind of a good example because it didn't go all the way to the 20, which is actually, it, but it went all the way to the 10. I actually like to see them go to the 10, so at least I know I have um, somewhat of a correction. So here they all roll over, they're down, makes the bow tie, makes a higher high, another higher high here, and then you look to go sharp below this. This is a 10 period moving average. This forms a bearish outside day down here. You would go short, and then you get trend continuation. This was uh, with the comp. Okay, next one. Okay. Now, as I said earlier, all the setups in the world aren't any good unless you use proper money management. Now, I've Larry Connors calls it two-for-one money management. I nicknamed it grandma money management. I know a bunch of old ladies that get together about once a month or so. They save their quarters up, and once they get a jar full, about 20 bucks full, they, um, they go to a local casino. And they start feeding the slot machines their quarters, just nurse them in. And if they're lucky enough to win 20 bucks, they put 20 bucks in their left pocket. So the worst they could do is then go home with 20 bucks. So that's pretty much the theory of two-for-one money management. You're looking, as soon as your risk, as soon as your profits equal your risk, you're looking to exit half. So here's the rules. When your profits exceed your initial risk, exit half of your position. Boring overnight gaps, the worst you can do is break even on your remaining shares. You move your stop to break even. Now, this is such a simple thing. You know, Larry published this in Connors on, on Advanced Trading, Larry Connors. And I'm like, Larry, you know, everybody knows that. And he's like, well, do you do it? And I'm like, well, not always. So if you follow this simple rule, the noise alone will get you out of a lot of uh, potentially bad positions. And we're going to walk through some of these in a second. And then trail your stop. And I'll show you some ways to trail your stop. Now let's take, some, take a look at some examples here. Okay? Here you have a little simple pullback. One, two, three bars. You look to go long here. You put your stop in below the low. Um, I'll normally risk two or three points on a swing trade. As a general rule, it varies with volatility. Uh, even at two or three points, I'm inside the normal volatility of the market and stand a good chance of being stopped out. That's probably about what I'm comfortable with. Um, but again, if it's, if it's a very volatile stock, you know, it might go a little bit lower. But normally below low the setup, if that's not too far away, you get an entry here. So let's say this is, this is, three, this is about three points here. So I get my entry, and then two days into the trade, my initial risk was three points. Two days into the trade, I have a three-point profit. I exit half of the position. I move my stop up to break even, which was right around the point I entered. Well, the market implodes on the same day, and I get stopped out. So if you had 200 shares and you were risking three points, you would exit half, you'd exit half those shares as soon as you had a three-point profit. You got $300 on 100 shares. You get stopped out for a scratch on the wrecks. 
So here you had, this would have been a losing trade. The next day you wake up, this was not the January and February where you wake up and you see how much you, in this case you see how much you lose, but you would have got stopped out before something bad would have happened to you. So again, you didn't make a whole lot on this. This is not, this is not why we're swing trading for these little small moves. But if you could chip away at it and not lose money, then you can catch some of those big moves that we had back in January and February. Next one. Okay. Now this is a new pattern right here that I just started trading and, uh, a few months ago. I'm going to go through it in a minute. I want to finish money management first, but I'm going to show you this, uh, this new pattern here. Anyways, you have, this is like a little knockout move, okay? This is a kind of an extreme bar down, so I wouldn't put my stop all the way at the bottom because I don't want to risk that much. And the fact that this stock came all the way back up suggests to me that maybe that this washout move has taken out everybody, everybody. So let's just call this a trend knockout for now. Go long above the high. My stop is, again, two, three points down here, away from my entry. On that same day, market moves up five points, so I look to lock in my profit on half of my shares. Move my stop right here to break even. So worst thing can happen to me, barring overnight gaps, is a break even in the remaining trade, and then trail the stop up. Now all I did here was I trailed up with a two bar, a stop right below the two bar low. Uh, the lowest low of yesterday and today, and for, you know, and use that for tomorrow as your stop. I just kind of ratcheted up. Now, I remember this trade, I don't remember getting 50 points out of it, so I, I'm sure I took my money somewhere along in here. But what I wanted to show was that you could, if you would, could have just used a simple trailing stop, you could have captured 50 points in the stock without an extreme amount of risk. Now you don't, you look to scale out the whole time you're in a swing trade. We're not looking to become position players and long-term players. We're looking to take money off the table. So as soon as you put your money down, you're looking to pick your money up. So in this case, you would, you would exit half here, but you stop to break even, you might exit another half, so you only have like a fourth of your position left, and then trail your stop. Depends on how you feel, depends on the market. Uh, this is Anna Digix, I, I assume that's a biotech back in February. Well, that's probably a good place to be. You know, let it ride a little bit on your remaining shares. Now, how are we doing on time? We got time to cover the pattern? Yeah. This is a new, this is a new pattern, and I'll cover it more in the Q&A later if you like. But this is what I call a double top knockout. Uh, essentially, what you're looking for you know, remember what I was saying earlier about a lot of times you have false tops in the continuation move? What I'm looking for is a false top that looks like, uh, first at the time it looks like a double top and it looks like the market's really going to roll over. And these guys that, are, that like to fade the trend are jumping in there trying to, you know, push the market down. Well, what happens is that the market resumes its trend, these guys are trapped on the wrong side of the market. Very similar to a trend knockout, except it's a little more powerful because you've got a double top working for you. So here are the rules. It's, it's not in your book, but I'll give them to you later on. Um, they're going to be, if anybody's pre-ordered my book on swing trading, it's in there. But I'll give them to you tonight. Um, market's got to be in a strong uptrend, number one. Number two, it's got to make a two-month high, okay? So it's one, two-month high, and at least four, three to four bars without making another new high, and then make a new high. So this just simply makes what I like to call a micro double top, okay? And then the market's got to take out at least the two prior lows. So basically it's a micro double top combined with the trend knockout, okay? So it gives you this big, it's, it's kind of like a little bit bigger picture false pattern. You go long above the high. Um, did, that, did everybody get that or do you got any questions on that or before we go any further? Okay. 
Why would I not buy here? Well, I'm not a big, this, this doesn't really look like a pullback to me because you've got this high here coming up and it looks more like, it looks, it looks more like a potential double top to me. I'm not a huge breakout player, okay? Um, I like to let markets correct. So if you're trying to, if, you know, right here when it goes to break out, that's kind of like what they, got, what, uh, they call, uh, Jeff and Larry call a turtle soup type trade. You know, when it makes a new high, you get all your breakout players piling on the market. Well, a lot of times, um, market reverses on them. Maybe, maybe right here, this could have been a high, I don't have volume down here, but this could have been a high volume breakout where if, if any institution owned this stock, they might dump it on them, you know, at that new high. Playing breakouts is, I'm not a good breakout player. You know, I know a lot of gifted, talented people that are. I just don't like to pay the breakout. So what I like to do is find something that conceptually makes a lot of sense to me, conceptually makes sense in general, and that's what I follow. So you had the new high here, and then you had your knockout move, and then I go from there. Any more? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I did, okay. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, here's another example of two-for-one money management. You've got a strong uptrend here. Stock begins to pull back three bars. You get an entry here. Your stop is about two and a half points below. Trend continues. You get an entry, then trend continues. Now here you have a wide range bar higher. It's about 15 points higher. I don't normally day trade, but this is where if I have time and can watch a screen and don't have a lot of other positions on, I'll actually trail a stop intraday, okay? So say my risk was three points. If I've got a three-point profit and this thing looks like it's keep going, I'm not going to necessarily sell that position out. I might trail a stop uh, throughout the day. Or I might look to replace the position with an option or something. We can talk about that in the Q&A later if you want. Uh, so this is where you, where you can come in and do some very simple trend following intraday. You know, you could trail it up maybe below a 60 minute low or a, or a five minute low? Yes? Okay, okay, the question was how many points behind are you trailing it? Well, first thing I would do is I would take my initial, I'm looking to exit half and I'm looking to move my stop to break even. So the second half of my position is going to go to break even. Now how am I trailing an intraday? Okay, how am I trailing intraday? What I'll do is I'll watch just use some basic technical analysis. You could use a two bar low on a 60 minute chart or, or you could even watch for support and resistance on um, a five minute bar or just something along those lines and just, or, I, I don't use a moving average but you could use like a 30 period or 20 period moving average, trail it up with that. Just something that's gonna go tighter as you go. Make sure you get at least your three points out of it because you don't want to end up with a, a losing trade that was once profitable. So, so again, you want to immediately look to take half your position off as soon as you got a profit that exceeds your risk and go to break even.